Let us pray. Gracious loving God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks for the gift of your word. We give you thanks for this opportunity to come before you. We give you thanks that you speak to us. God, guide us that we may hear you clearly. In Jesus' most holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good evening, friends, and welcome to another fun-filled edition of Scripture Talk. Uh, we are not, um, as, as we kind of warned y'all, we are not, as, it is not same bad time, same bad channel. Um, today, we are uh, out of sync a little bit because uh, VBS is tomorrow. Uh, yes. VBS starts, uh, dinner for VBS starts in 24 hours from right now. Um, uh, Katura and her team are over the church hard at work, um, uh, continuing a setup. Uh, if you're wondering why all of us in this podcast look absolutely insane, uh, more insane than normal audio listeners are really missing a treat. It was my birthday yesterday. Um, and so my co-host decided to throw me a birthday party. There is, <laughs> admittedly, there is cake. Yay! It, did, it is not yeah. just in these, these honestly, truly beautiful sunglasses, <laughs> um, which I was going to wear on, on my face like a normal person but then I realized I have to be able to read all the things um, and so then we just decided to embrace the madness um, and so thank you to my co-host this is this is wonderful so I am Pastor Trey Comstock uh, with me as ever is Sister Brandy Dudley Pastor Scott Ketchup and on the ones and twos Stacy Tyler also known as DJ Pumpkin Yes, <laughs> which you know we could if we spray paint that little crown orange like that could you know there's a thing or or uh you know the DJ Dead Mouse that wears the mouse yeah. head yeah we need to get Stacy like a, a pumpkin, pumpkin head therefore yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so we're working on that yeah. DJ Pumpkin or DJ Great Pumpkin oh that'd be cool <laughs> anyways our scripture. <laughs> On that there, note, there is scripture in the show. Yeah, yeah. This is scripture talk where we talk about scripture. <laughs> We're just doing it a day early because vacation Bible school. Um, and shout out to all the fathers out there. Yes, happy yeah. Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Our, uh, I am going uh, to the uh, hard, hardware store after this to pick out my Father's Day present. I got uh, for my birthday uh, for my son. I got a Senko pin nailer, um, and uh, nice. so I'm gonna get. I think I'm getting a jigsaw. Um, working on building out the wood shop. Wow. Uh, our uh, scripture reading this evening is uh, Mark chapter five, uh, verses twenty-one through forty-three. When Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered round him, and he was by the lake. Then one of the leaders of the synagogue, named Jairus, came, and when he saw, and when he saw him, fell at his feet, begged, and begged him repeatedly, "My little daughter is at the point of death. Come, lay your hands on her, so that she may be made well and live." So he went with him, and a large crowd followed him and pressed in on him. Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for twelve years. She endured much under many physicians and had spent all she had and was no better, but grew far, but, but rather grew worse. She had heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. For she said, if I but touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately, her hemorrhage stopped and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Immediately aware that power had gone forth from him, Jesus turned around to the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing in on you? How can you say, Who touched me? <laughs> I know how he could. He looked all around to see who had, who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened happened to her, came, came in fear and trembling, fell down before him, and, and told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. 
Go in peace and be healed of your disease. While he was still speaking, some people came from the leader's house to say, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the leader of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. He allowed, he allowed no one to follow him except Peter, James, John, and the brother of James. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> it's like, we'll I have along. a name. Mark. No, they got, there was a lot of letters that went around about that. <laughs> when they came to the house of the leader of the synagogue, he saw a commotion, people weeping. Um, and the leader, of, and, 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 excuse me, weeping and wailing loudly. When he had entered, he said to them, why do you make a commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. Then he put them all outside <laughs> and took the father took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went to where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to him, which means, little girl, get up. And immediately the girl got up and began to walk about. She was about 12 years of age. At, at, at this, they were overcome with amazement. He strictly ordered that no one should know this, and he told them to give her something to eat. Okay, quick note. Uh, pop quiz, why is she eating? Why is it really important that we see her on camera eating? Ghosts. 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 Yes. Ghosts, Ghosts don't eat. eat. That's the, so, okay, anytime someone comes back from the dead and then immediately, and needs to eat, the point here is not a ghost. So this is saying, poor, poor daughter, not a ghost, is actually alive because as we all know, ghosts don't eat. <laughs> You know, uh, one, one of the things uh, is what I was kind of mentioning a little bit before that I love about this story is you have Jesus on the way to do a miracle. Right. He's on the way for a ministry opportunity. And what happens along the way is someone else has a miracle, a life-changing experience. And it, uh, even though it's a little early for it, it reminds me of, you know, Lennon saying, life is what happens while we're busy making other plans. Right. Oftentimes, God brings us opportunities while we're busy heading toward what may very well be his direction as well, but these little side missions that yeah. he has for us. So we have an example of Jesus having another side mission. Yeah, this is Jesus. Yeah, Jesus, like, is a... Uh, but kind of both of these are side quests, True. right? Like he has crossed the river. He's crossed the, the what they call it the sea, but it's a lake. Um, <laughs> so they do. Okay. They're honest here. It's the sea of Galilee is a lake friends. Uh, he has crossed the lake called the sea of Galilee. Uh, it ain't no sea. I've been on it. It's beautiful. Um, come on y'all. That's a, that's a large lake. Um, if Lake Michigan is a lake, the sea of Galilee is a lake. <laughs> Anyways, this big lake. Um, and so both of these are side missions, right? He arrives, um, on the other side, presumably Capernaum and you know, he, came either to preach or teach or, or whatever and then immediately one person says hey listen and pulls him in one direction and jesus goes um and then even as he's going this other woman um comes and is healed miraculously and what i love about that one is it shows how we are also involved in our own miracles, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. That Jesus makes clear that, like, he felt power come in. It is the power of the Holy Spirit working in him. Um, but part of why it worked is she believed. 
part of why it worked is you know she knew in her heart this is what was going to do it um it she had that level of faith um and that allowed the miracle happen sometimes being open to the miracle um is what lets that miracle happen if you're closed off to it you're going to miss that opportunity and we don't know much about this woman's background as far as did she know about jesus beforehand did she get told by the miracles he did or what to make her go beyond the point of pushing her way through the crowd to get to him to the point where she didn't care what she touched on him as long as she got healed. I would love to know what her background was before well, then. I kind of, I kind of wonder whether like, like you said, I mean, how long had Jesus been there? So was this there is long enough to like, get a rumor going around that he could do these miracles. Yeah, but that doesn't take long, right? Yeah. You know, they don't have modern communication, but you're on this large lake. And so fishermen are going, you know, all over the place and arriving on many different banks. And so I, I am guessing, but that's probably how news travels, right? Mm-hmm. And so... That it was Jesus. We always remember, keep in mind that Jesus was not the only traveling preacher um, mm-hmm. and traveling miracle maker. We hear of a lot of them, um, but uh, he seems to be a particularly powerful one. And word gets word gets around, just like anything, right? You know, these are not these are not gigantic communities. This is not a gigantic place. Um, you have a guy who's working this level of miracle. News is going to travel. You, you, know, you look at uh, throughout the Old Testament and the stories that they would have grown up with. The, the prophets, God used them doing miracles, but in all of those healings and all those things with the prophets, you see these almost elaborate things that they went through or they sought an audience with the uh, prophet or yeah. to tell us what you need to do. There was, And so if we read this and we look, there is something different in her understanding, or at least it seems that way, yeah. of Jesus, because she doesn't think, oh, I need him to pray for me. I need him to lay hand. She realizes that there is something unique that if she yeah. can just get close enough to touch yeah. Yeah, yes enough. him, the him. that something's going to happen. If I can just touch. And that shows that she had a faith that there was more than him just being a normal prophet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite of Jesus' healing miracles is where he spits in the ground and spears mud on the person's eyes. Right. Yeah. It's like, Here's the, mud in your eye. Right, so it's uh, like, it's one of the, like, like she gets it. This woman gets it. Not, not everyone does. Oh, you want a miraculous sign? <laughs> You're healed. Yeah, Visine. happy now. Jesus, Visine. Right, like, you, you, she gets like she gets it. You don't need that elaborate thing. And we see also with uh, Jairus's daughter, like shades of Lazarus. Right. Shades of what happens with Lazarus of like, no, you're too late. Nope, not too late. No, you're definitely too late, Jesus. He stinketh, right? No, you're definitely too late, Jesus. She dead. Nope. I got this. this. You know, (laughs) I no, it's fine. Leave the house. Put out the whalers. Leave the house. Leave the house. Go away. You're making entirely too much noise. Um, You made the comment, uh, Trey, about... uh, how it shows our actions and our responsibility or not really responsibility, but our involvement, our involvement. Yeah. Yeah. In in our healings. And another thing I love when you look through Jesus of how he constantly did them different ways that it's out of our hands. And there's not a certain formulaic way of approaching God that, okay, if I do this, this, and this, I'm definitely getting this. It's, it's a mystery in some ways. You know, we have, 
word that shows God is a God that heals, and he does. But the, he's also not a genie in a lamp that we right. just rub it a certain way, we do a certain uh, amount of whatevers, and he snaps to what we want. There's a different process. And just like you said, in this right here, a lot of it is attached to our involvement, right. our willingness to accept what's being offered through him. Uh-huh. Well, and our and our willingness to, you know, our willingness to believe what can happen, right? Believe yeah. in the possibility space um, to understand that, you know, and, and there is also a piece of like, what does healing look like? Here we see two versions of, we see two instances of earthly healing. Mm-hmm. It's not always earthly healing, but it is sometimes earthly healing. Um, sometimes it is healing in your heavenly home mm-hmm. and that is healing too. Um, it is, it is, uh, you know, a lot of life with God is um, deliberately a mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, because God works well beyond our sphere of existence. And so not everything's always good. Not everything's going to work out as cleanly, um, as we cleanly in this life as we want it to, but also uh, truly wondrous things are possible. This, uh, this, uh, Testament tells good faith of this woman that she had enough faith to believe that Jesus could heal mm-hmm. that we keep in mind that he didn't physically touch her with her hand. Like we said, that all she done was touch the hem, yeah. the little string, a little tassel. Yeah. Essentially got close enough to Jesus. I'm good. That's what I need. That's all I need. That's, all I need. That's, That's enough. Yeah. That's all I need. And the disciples, now he said somebody touched me. Like, oh, Look, everyone touched you, Jesus. He said no. No one was social distancing, right? Like you know, everyone, everyone touched you. No, but he said this is different. I felt power come out of me. So there, I, I think you could you could call this 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 set of stories something different, right? And the header of the NRSV that I'm reading from it says a girl restored to life and a woman healed. You could also call it uh, two instances of remarkable faith, mm-hmm. right? Because the 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 woman who is healed um, of hemorrhaging shows remarkable faith, but uh, Jairus is a leader of the synagogue, right? Um, so we we know well um, that leaders of synagogues are not always Jesus' natural friends. They don't always get along real well. And so here is a leader of the synagogue, um, a very public, would have been a very, you know, kind of public person um, in the Jewish faith, turning to Jesus and recognizing the reality of what he does. It is remarkable. Uh, I guess this is in some ways a perfect, we should have read this story today because we see like fatherhood happening, right? We yeah. see like, um, you know, the, the father has had this like really dark, might've had, we don't know, might've had this really dug in position about, about the faith. But the, as soon as his daughter is in trouble, he is able to open his mind, yeah. uh, be a good father, step out beyond like his own narrow view, um, find faith in Christ. And, and thus, you know, get his daughter healed, right? Actually get his daughter resurrected. And he went himself. Yes. I mean, he obviously had servants that he could have sent and requested, yep. you know, and being a leader of a synagogue would have in some ways might've been how he normally did things. Right. But he went himself and, uh, yeah. And you were talking about, uh, titles. I'm over here thinking it could also be, you know, a funny thing happened on the way to Capernaum. <laughs> a funny thing happened on the way to Capernaum. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think back to, back to a point we made at the top of this, at least in my experience of ministry, this is a really realistic picture of what it actually looks like. Right. Uh, I used to have a boss, um, who would show up uh, when I was supposed to see a pastor, 
Um, he would show up that day, and he had no idea what he was going to do that day. It was just, okay, let's let's show up to the office and see what happens. Surprise. Now, okay, I was the one making the trains run on time, so, like, you know, in some ways, he was liberated to do those things. Associate pastors are good like that. Um, but, you know, he would literally show up at work and go, okay, what are we going to do today? And his entire, and he's, he's, he's actually back, he had been the conference office for a while, he's now back leading a church. Um, you know, it's a remarkably effective ministry of just, you know, seeing, seeing what happens and see what funny things happen on the way to Capernaum. You in ministry, you actually absolutely will experience these moments of you're on your way to do one thing. You get pulled one way, you get pulled another and you've got to, you know, figure out how to navigate all of that. Right. I think, I think too, it shows us, I think, especially in this day and age that we expect like earth shattering like things to be miracles. We don't look at the smallest things to be a miracle. I mean, everybody expects, you know, when you say the word miracle, oh, well, it's just something that just happened uh, miraculously that that changed the whole world. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, but, but that's, like a, that. That, that's a, in some ways, it's like a really poor reading of, um, of what the actual miracle stories in the New Testament are. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they are largely extremely personal. Mm-hmm. They are largely Jesus making a world of difference for like one person yeah, or right. one family, right? There are some like, you know, big headline making miracles, your feedings of the 5,000, uh, your rising from the dead um, and appearing to hunt a few hundred people, um, your, 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 your willingness to die for, for others. Right. But most of, most of the miracle stories go like this um what they're not and some of them are super visible some of them uh like the resurrection of, of Jairus's daughter um is deliberately done quietly mm-hmm. um that it is Jesus works you know one of the like big like reasons why I picked this picked this text to go alongside our saved people serve people is Jesus only had three years to change the world, uh-huh. right? Mm-hmm. Jesus' whole ministry, is, uh, earthly ministry, is three years. And yet he took the time to heal individual people. Yeah. And spend right. time with individual people. Yep. Exactly. Right? Most famous people in the world today and then did not care for individuals. They set policies. They made pronouncements. They made big speeches at the, on the lecture tour. And what did Jesus do? Like, he walked the earth, hung out in poor communities, you know, was a homeless vagrant, essentially, <laughs> and healed individual people, even though he had absolutely no time. Mm-hmm. He didn't say, I mean, sometimes he had to tell him, yo, wait a minute, I'll be there. Yo, Lazarus died. Don't worry, I'll be there. <laughs> like sometimes Jesus was late, but Jesus is never late. The rest of us just die merely early. Um, not on time, but in, in time. Not on yep. time, but in yep. time. Um, but he cared for, he cared deeply on a deeply individual level. I had a chance, um, I was at Methodist Hospital on Friday, a meeting with uh, Dr. Charles Milliken, uh, who is the who is a, a Methodist pastor, who is their VP of spiritual whatever. He has a really fancy title. It was a really crazy day. Um, but I walked him, walked this hospital. So he's a vice president of a $7.8 billion organization. Billion with a B, right? Um, uh, he was hugging maintenance people. Um, he picked up trash off the ground, um, gave me a small speech about how everyone's a custodian. Um, 
he knew every waiter. He knew every person, every desk. Um, he stopped a medical resident and asked about his mother. Um, this is a man who sits in a big fancy, big fancy office, plush carpet, all of that. He took the time um, to love deeply on that deeply individual level. Um, the only, I don't mean a lot of famous people. I'm just going to bring up all of them in one go. Um, so I, I got to know Lord Leslie Griffiths of Burryport. He is the superintendent of, he was then at least the superintendent of Wesley Chapel, um, the, one of the leaders of the church, Methodist Church in England. He was also a member of the House of Lords. I got to go to the House of Lords with him. You want to know what he did? He knew every doorman. He knew every waiter. He knew every person. He would stop, ask about their mother. He took the time when a lot of the lords walked by and very, very fancy. They all talk like this. This is weird, like, grunting, slurred accent. So if you want to know how to say yes in upper class British, it's the word ears. Yes. Yes, 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 Lord Leslie, like, which is how I called him, Lord Leslie was not like that. He stopped. He knew everybody. He knew their mother. He knew that their mother was sick. Uh, he would be praying for them as he went, right? That, that to me is what it is to be Christ-like. Yeah. To like love that deeply and that individually, no matter how important or how busy you are. Mm-hmm. I, I actually Guys. learned that. I actually learned that on my Emmaus walk. We did one of the uh, the, the demonstrations that they do, and they, they taught they taught us about that. And I thought that was a, that was a pretty cool uh, uh, synopsis about that, about being a Christian is to. To take time out yeah. and, and, and stop and, and help. Not just get look at people and go, well, I'll pray for you. Have a nice day, you know. No, do something. Do something about it. If, if it's in your power to do it, do it. God's all about being involved in the uh, ins and outs of our life. You know, in uh, today's service, in the midst of the uh, uh, sermon I was giving, that was talking about, you know, uh, found people, find people, of how it's important for us to share that love, the, the whole very purpose of that. Uh, we had someone just walk in off the street. Yeah. And uh, stir things up, uh, not in a bad way, but like having a, an actual, it's like God said, here, I got an object lesson for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, God does that, right? See yeah. what you can do with this one. Yeah, right here. And and, and so it was great. Uh, it kind of opened the eyes of some of the congregation it threw some off uh you know and we got to look at some uh some legit issues of how you know god doing things unexpected can surprise us can come with a little bit of apprehension and fear but the reality of it was everyone left excited about possibilities that are available Uh, the things that happen that in some ways, people thought just didn't continue to happen. And so it was just a really great opportunity. But I also think this is a place for us as, and okay, this I use ministers broadly, right? We believe in mm-hmm. the, the, the priesthood of all believers, right? We are all ministers. Some of us are called as ministers in set-aside manners, as ordained people or whatever, but we're all ministers. And so this is where us as ministers, um, and, uh, and Jesus sets, an, sets us an example for this, always need to be ready for those interruptions. Exactly. Yeah. And so what that means often is that we are taking care of our own selves well enough that we are able to receive that interruption receive that interruption from that person needing love with grace. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you see, you know, I, I got to preach a sermon on Sabbath to a bunch of elementary school kids um, last week. And it is Jesus sets, because Jesus sets that example, right. Of, 
of taking time away. And then he is able, because no doubt Jesus felt those interruptions in the same way that we would. Mm -hmm. Man, I got to get to Capernaum, yo. I got to, whatever, right? (laughs) You know, who knows what Jesus' calendar was like. But you see him receive these interruptions with grace because often these are the interruptions, you know, real ministry often happens in these interruptions, in these people who, you know, for whatever reason, have an overwhelming need um, that they're, you know, willing to walk in and interrupt your stuff. And um, that's not, you shouldn't make that a problem. Um, we are called to love people and and they are not necessarily called to be convenient for us. Take the time out to serve. You may never know whose life you may be saving at that point when you do you just can't say, well, I don't have time to pray right. with you. I don't have time to, you know, lay hands on you, whatnot. I don't have time to anoint you, whatever. Because you may never know that maybe that person's last day on earth and you have a chance to save their life. Right. And I was with Scott this morning uh, when this young man came in. <clears throat> and I praise God for that that moment, that God yeah. moment to give us mm-hmm. a chance to minister to him, even though he didn't stay very long. Sure. And, but still, we had a chance to yeah. be the hands and feet. Or in this case, just the, the feeling of Christ in that yeah. moment where he felt love and pretty yeah. sure he might come back. Right. right. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I told you all this story before, but <clears throat> excuse me, I, there when I was in the hospital with my mom, you know, and, and all this, this, this disastrous thing was happening to me around me. But God, you know, spoke to me and, and told me to minister to this lady. Yeah. While all this was going, I, I mean, I could have easily just ignored her or right. anything else. But you had your own stuff took, going on. Yeah, and I took time to comfort her and minister to her yeah. and, and, and possibly brought her back to God. That's amazing. So praise God for that. So these opportunities are always going to be there, right? Mm-hmm. And part of what we are called to do is to be, just as um, the woman who touched Jesus' cloak and was healed, um, was open to that possibility that we putting ourselves in the feet of Jesus here as the body of Christ, the hands and feet of God in the world, we need to be open to these interruptions. Um, and they are going to be inconvenient sometimes. Um, they are going to, you know, interrupt what we're doing. They are going to get in the way. Um, but we need to, you know, have the, have the grace within our own selves to see them for what they are as opportunities from God and just kind of roll with it and see what, see what happens and, um, understand that there's probably a reason, um, that they that they've been put in your path. Um, well, Emily's got a comment. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been burdened by this glorious purpose. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, this is probably as good a place as any uh, to bring it in for landing. Also, I think my lawn guys are here, and so it's about to get unbearably loud in this Thank studio. Thank smoke came from that. Uh, <laughs> like, what is that? <laughs> Thank you so much uh, for joining us for another edition of Scripture Talk. Uh, if you have any feedback for the show, uh, we'll be back at our normal time uh, next week. You can leave a comment here on Facebook. Uh, you can uh, use post of Facebook on our uh, post post message on our YouTube channel on our website uh, Facebook. Uh, palestinegrace.com slash videos. You can email us gracechurchpalestine at gmail.com. Uh, if you would like an audio only version of the show, uh, just search scripture talk by Grace Church in your podcatcher of choice. And we will be back next week with another fun filled edition uh, Monday night at 6 p.m. Uh, go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Fear not. Stay well. God is with us. I'm going to hit the sound effects now. about to get unbearable in here. You can hear the weed eater in the background. That's no
grass get cut. Yeah, grass. Grass. Ha <laughs> <laughs>